In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Our text is the Gospel reading, which you've already heard. Please be seated. As I mentioned before the service started properly, today gives us a convergence of two special days. The first is this particular Sunday of the church year, which gives us this gospel reading where Jesus prepares his disciples and he also strengthens us for that little while between his ascension into heaven and his return at the last day. In making his point, Jesus uses the illustration of a mother who is in the midst of delivering a child. He says, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Those of you women who have experienced this know this to be true. Do you remember how tough? labor and delivery were. But how quickly did that hardship pass away as soon as they laid that squirming, maybe screaming, little bundle on your chest for the first time? That, Jesus says, is what the coming of him on the last day will be like. We will go from hardship and travail of this life to life with Christ in his glorious kingdom, where he will at once wipe away every tear from our eyes. The other day that converges with this one is probably one most of you were more aware of, and it is, of course, Mother's Day. Now, while this is not a church holiday, strictly speaking, Christians can and should pause and give thanks to God for their mothers. Every single one of us, going all the way back to the children of Adam and Eve, formed our first bonds with our mothers. Even before we knew what she looked like, or even if you did not know what your mother looked like through a sad circumstance, as you grew up, as you grew and developed in your mother's womb, you were completely and totally dependent upon her. This life-giving process truly is a miracle from God. But there's yet another event that has happened just this week that we ought to consider in light of this convergence, this motherly focus that has been placed before us. And that is some news that dropped earlier this week. In case you had not heard, one of the clerks working for one of the justices of the Supreme Court of the United States leaked a draft of a decision that will be handed down probably sometime in June on a case dealing with abortion out of the state of Mississippi. You probably have heard of it. The, the Dobbs case is what it's being called. The reports seem to suggest that we may actually be heading towards an undoing, a reversal of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, decisions that created out of thin air the right to terminate a pregnancy in the United States. 
Since 1973, our nation has given legal approval to a Holocaust that has claimed the lives of tens of millions of children in this nation alone. And that is a figure, dear saints, that would make the likes of Hitler, Stalin, and Mao blush. First, what do we do in the light of this news? Well, we should remain fervent in prayer that this news, in fact, is true, that this decision will be made the way that it appears that it will go. This would mark a tremendous victory for the cause of all who love life in this country and in the world that we influence around us. Second, however, you should be aware that this will not be the end of that fight. If Roe is reversed, that would mean that the states would be allowed to determine the legality of abortion within their own jurisdictions. We must pray and continue to work that abortion in this state does not continue. May God convert hearts and minds to see in each child the one that is made in the image and likeness of God and one for whom Christ himself has shed his blood and died. Or at the very least, that God would grant us wisdom to see the inherent value in each child that comes into this world. The culture of death that surrounds us is certainly one of the ways in which the devil and the world rejoice over us as we weep and lament for those lives who have been lost since Roe. But another cause of weeping and lamenting are those mothers who have lost children in the womb, either from miscarriage or even from abortion. Dear saints, Know that your Lord sees even your secret tears, even if everyone else around you is unaware of the pain that you silently suffer. This is where we can find comfort in the life of Christ. Even death, this consequence of the fall, is undone by Christ. He has taken on our humanity, but he did not just come into the world as a full-grown man. But he was conceived as a little child in the womb of his mother. And in becoming a child in the womb of his mother, he did so that he might even redeem those who are in the wombs of their mothers. But I also mentioned abortion here. And I want you to know that this sin is not an unforgivable sin. Christ has shed his blood and died to cover the guilt and shame even of abortion. And I want you to cling to those words that we so often repeat in this place. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Jesus also knows the pain of mothers whose children suffer in this life. Recall how on the cross Jesus took pity upon his own mother, whose spirit was pierced with the pain of seeing her son suffer the indignity of being put to death on the cross. Jesus knows the pain of those women who could not bear children. He knows your longing. He knows the questions you get when, when are you going to have kids? When is this going to happen? He knows all of that. 
The writer of Hebrews reminds us that Jesus is not a high priest that is far away and doesn't know your pain. But in becoming one like us, he becomes sympathetic to our suffering. His throne becomes a throne of grace that we may approach in every time of sorrow and in every time of need. But I would encourage you, all of you, to remember that in your baptism, you were joined into one great, big, mystical family, the Church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has become your brother. In Luke's Gospel, he says, My mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Yes, dear saints, Christ, whose strong word brought the heavens into being, has declared this so. The one who settles the solitary in a home has joined us to one another. And in putting us in this family, Christ is working to make this little while of our suffering more bearable. He knows that you weep, but you do not have to weep alone. St. Peter says, or St. Paul says rather, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In sharing our burdens, the weight becomes lighter, and in sharing our joys with one another, our gladness is multiplied. And all of that is pointing us toward that final day when Christ comes to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And on that day, when we see him again, our hearts will rejoice and no one will be able to take our joy from us. Alleluia! Christ is risen! He is risen indeed. Alleluia! And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.